So the title of our retreat is Awareness of Christ in the Rosary and in the Holy Eucharist. And um, I guess I want to begin um, each of these conferences with just a little um, uh, exposition, I guess, of of one of the one of the mysteries of each rosary, and so I want to start uh, today with the joyful mysteries, and then just to go in and um, just identify a few thoughts on each of those mysteries. So, with um, the Annunciation, we know that the Annunciation is the incarnation of God into the world. That um, that at that moment when Mary said yes, her fiat that the Holy Spirit came upon her and, and uh, the Word of God, Jesus Christ, uh, became man in that instant. In, instant uh, incidentally, it's our feast day on Monday, right? The Annunciation. So um, it's a great pro-life uh, feast day for us as, as Catholics um, because we, of course, believe that life uh, begins at, at uh, conception. And so, um, especially with, with the incarnation, you know, God becoming man, um, God also becomes not just man, but he becomes the, becomes the bread of life for us, right, in the Holy Eucharist. So, as great a miracle um, it is for God to lower himself so much to become a man, uh, a, probably a greater drop than it is for us, to, for a human being to drop to become like a, an insect, so, so humble uh, was God in, in becoming one like us. But not only does he become man, um, he becomes the bread of life. He becomes the Holy Eucharist for us. And so, um, and so that's the, the Annunciation, the Incarnation. Also, um, the, the second joyful mystery, the Visitation. We believe that Christ is present in the womb of Mary, uh, John the Baptist and his mother, uh, St. Elizabeth, he leaps for joy. Um, it's that presence of Christ and Mary in our lives that bring us joy. So receiving the Holy Eucharist uh, brings us not just strength, comfort, and peace, also gives us the joy, that gift that God wants us to live our lives in, and as well as, as, well as the, the presence of Mary. The presence of Mary um, in our life, again, helps us to um, love our Lord better, helps us to, um, to uh, see in, in her Son uh, the, the, the great gift of, of the Holy Eucharist. Uh, the Nativity, Christ is born in the flesh. Again, it's really related to that first mystery of the Annunciation. Um, the Presentation. Christ uh, Jesus <clears throat> is the firstborn son, and so Mary gives her son back to God. That presentation in the, te- in the temple uh, to Saint uh, Simeon, but Mary in her generosity doesn't just keep um, her son to herself and-, and to God, but Mary gives him to us. And we share in that reception in such a, a real and powerful way in receiving Jesus in the Holy Eucharist. And I think that, you know, in a certain way, when you think about it, um, and I hope this isn't heresy, but, um, you know, when you think about it, when we receive Jesus Christ in the flesh, um, in the Holy Eucharist, we, we know that, that, that Jesus was, was uh, conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, so he only got his flesh 
from his mother, Mary. Um, and so in a, in a certain sense, I think, when we receive Jesus in the Eucharist, we also receive Mary because, um, because, of, that, um, because of that direct relationship of, of, of a mother uh, to her son. So, of course, of course it's, it's the whole Christ that we receive. But I think Mary is also, in a certain sense, a part of that, too. And then the last joyful mystery, the finding in the temple, that Christ is present um, in the temple, um, but now he's present in the tabernacle. He's always present in his real presence in the Holy Eucharist. And that's a part of that we'll talk about later in adoration of the Blessed Sacrament, that um, Jesus, of course, had to be in the temple even though it drove his, his parents crazy, uh, they couldn't find him for three days. But he said he had to be about the business of his father. And we can always find Jesus here in the church. He's always here waiting for us, um, in a certain sense, waiting to be found uh, by us in, in, uh, in making a visit uh, of holy um, adoration. So just um, kind of moving from the mysteries of the rosary now to um, the Holy Eucharist. I think we have to be clear about what it is that we're talking about. And so just to kind of give a, a general overview uh, of the Holy Eucharist, you know, we know from our catechesis that, um, that the Holy Eucharist is the source and summit of the Christian life. And that's, that's uh, repeated throughout the catechism of the Catholic Church. Of all the seven sacraments, the Eucharist is at the apex. It's at the summit. It is the most important of all the sacraments because where Jesus is present in all the sacraments, he's present in a real and substantive way in the Holy Eucharist. Two ways that I think we need to look at the Eucharist are Jesus as a sacrament and a sacrifice. And we see this... Um, that in the sacrament, it's a visible sign of a visible sign from Christ to give grace. Right? That's the that's the classic uh, definition of a sacrament. That um, that it's in the Eucharist we have Christ's presence in 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 a real way uh, par excellence. That uh, again, all the other sacraments Jesus is present in, but in the Holy Eucharist. He is he is present in a in a real and um, and and substantive uh, way, and it's also a sacrifice. It's not just a sacrament. The Eucharist is also a sacrifice. Like I said last night, um, at every Mass, it's like we go back in time two thousand years, and Calvary is right on this altar. We are there with Mary. We are there with Mary Magdalene, and and that. Um, that sacrifice of Jesus on the cross is represented, replayed over to us um, at, at, at every Mass. Um, and so the whole Christ is really, really truly, and, and substantially present in the Holy Eucharist. It's, it's not a sign. You know, our, our Protestant friends, uh, they believe that, that um, when the communion service starts at the at the church service that, that Jesus is present there, but as soon as the service ends, then Jesus is gone. And 
And so for us as Catholics, uh, we believe that Jesus is not just present by his power, but that he is really, really and truly there. And so um, a friend told me that you know he was at a Protestant service not too long ago, and um, you know, they, and they had leftover uh, hosts and leftover you know cups of wine, and uh, and during the service, you know, Jesus was to them was really present in that bread and wine. But then afterwards, um, the Jesus left the building, as it were. So. They, they dumped all the wine, you know, in the sink, and, and, and rightly so for them, because um, he was not, you know, as from a, from a Protestant viewpoint, or from a, from a doctrinal point, Jesus was, was never, you know, uh, really in, in that wine. And they put the, the leftover bread back in the cupboard, because there's no uh, real presence there. But that's not what we believe as Catholics. We believe that he is truly present all the time, uh, after the the consecration, and um, you know, and as we um, as Catholics have always believed in the in the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist, um, you know, all of Christianity did that until uh, the Protestant Reformation um, in the 16th uh, century. But only the Catholic Church has maintained uh, that doctrine today that uh, that Jesus is is truly present there. Okay, and then how did how did uh, Christ institute the Eucharist? It's very interesting that throughout all the Gospels in the in the um, in the uh, uh, telling of the the Last Supper that there's four main words that are consistent throughout the Gospels and even in the letters of the New Testament that Jesus took bread, he blessed it, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples. And so those four things are are you are constant uh, throughout the the Last Supper um, excerpts. And he said, "Take and eat. This is my body." And then he took the wine and said, "All of you drink of this, for this is the blood of the new covenant, which is being shed for the for many unto the forgiveness of sins." And then he gives the great commission: "Do this in remembrance of me." And so those were the exact words that Jesus gave to his apostles, and it was the apostles that offered uh, the masses after uh, Jesus um, uh, died and rose and, and ascended and ascended into heaven. And so the bishops today are the direct successors of the apostles, and that's why bishops and priests have the authority to uh, confect the Eucharist, to say mass, and that doesn't come from themselves, that authority doesn't come from me, but it comes through Christ, uh, through the apostles. And when our Lord did say those words of consecration, this is my body, this is my blood, um, that entire substance of the bread and wine uh, was, was changed into his body. And we call, and we call that transubstantiation. It changes from one substance uh, to another. And, um, and, you know, Jesus couldn't have used more clear words than, this is my body. You know, he didn't say, this is a sign of my body, or this represents my body, but he said, this is my body. And as Catholics, we take those words of Jesus to heart. 
that, that what he says is true. And so in a real way, we have a very literal interpretation uh, of those words because he is God. He's all-powerful, omniscient uh, God. And so on God's word, we know that the Holy Eucharist is the body and blood uh, of, of Jesus Christ. And also, um, you know, after, after the bread and wine has been changed into the body and blood of Christ, we still have those appearances, right, of bread and wine. Um, after the consecration, it, it looks like bread, it, it tastes like bread, it feels like bread, um, and, and we call those things the accidents uh, of, the, of the Eucharist. But um, even though we, we see what looks to be bread, with our eyes of faith, we know that it's not bread. We know that it is the body of Jesus. And our, our bodily eyes, you know, they don't deceive us either because those appearances of, 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 um, of what the bread looks like, of the wine looks like, you know, those stay the same um, after the, the consecration um, of Mass. And so, and, you know, again, what do we mean by uh, the accidents? Anything like the color or the taste or the, the weight, uh, the shape of that, of that host, um, that's called the, the accidents. But um, the accidents um, has, nothing, has nothing to do with uh, transubstantiation, has nothing to do with that change from regular bread to the body of our Lord. So, it, again, it looks the same, but it's completely different. It's, it's changed um, entirely. How was our Lord able to do this at the Last Supper? Um, of course, we know that our Lord is God. So he, in his almighty power, he can do this. And, and some people, I think, maybe struggle uh, with, this, with this teaching of our faith. I know even Catholics, I was, I was kind of shocked and, and scandalized um, early on in the seminary when um, a fellow seminarian told me that he doesn't believe um, in the Holy Eucharist. He didn't believe that, that God could change and um, he was not ordained a, a priest. He, he ended up leaving, which was, which was good. But I felt bad for him because he really struggled. And, and how could this be possible? But I think you need, we need to look that and remember who God is. You know, he created everything out of nothing. Everything out of nothing. He fed the 5,000 with, with five loaves. He changed water in, and into wine instantaneously. He raised the dead to life. And so if he can do these amazing miracles that, you know, that 2,000 years later, we don't dispute, um, why is it not possible that he can change um, simple bread into his body and blood? And so... Um, I recognize, though, that you know the Eucharist. Um, it is a great mystery, and it, but it's it's really beyond our understanding. And as a priest, um, I know firsthand. I think how how incredible this is, how amazing God is when um, He confects the Eucharist via uh, my ordination to Him as a priest of of Himself, and. I don't know. Maybe this is kind of a stumbling block uh, for some people in their faith. I think it's, you know, for 
uh, for non-Catholics who may be uh, considering uh, the, the Catholic faith. Maybe that's it's a it's a struggle for them to to know how this is possible. Um, it's kind of the same with confession. Why do I have to confess my sins to a to a man? You know, to a priest. It's something they struggle with at first, but I think over time they they understand it more. But you know, especially with the Eucharist, you know, as as a priest, um, you have a weak man, um, a human being, a sinful man. Um, you know, and I think we we know this even more so. Uh, with, with the scandals in, in our church today, it's a, it's a it's a difficult time. It's a discouraging time. It's it's an upsetting time. But at the same time, you know, Christ's gift to the priesthood is real, and it's a it's a complete gift to to me and and to many other men, other priests. That this is a you know you know especially at a time like now, it's a perfect time uh, to show that. Um, that this is the best sign uh, of God's power to work a miracle every day on the altar through through His priests, through through weak men, through sinful men. You know, we're, we're, we're striving for holiness, like 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 you and and everyone else. But that, um, like Saint Paul said, it's only in my weakness that that Christ's power can be shown forth. Right, and so um, and so. Um, I think sometimes as priests we get, you know, uh, unfortunately uh, put up on a, a pedestal, and and that that's not good all the time. Um, but I think uh, with you know with uh, the virtue of humility, um, you know, Christ's uh, gift to us in the Eucharist, I think, can shine forth even more, knowing that it's not something that. That the priest does, that Father Timmerman does, but it's something that God does. It's something that Jesus does um, in in confecting uh, the Holy Eucharist. And does this um, does this change of bread into the body of of, of Christ? Does this um, does this continue to be made in the church? And, and of course, we know it does. Every day uh, since the Last Supper, through the ministry of, of Christ's priests at the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. And only ordained bishops and priests have the, the power from Christ to change um, bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ. And again, when, when I say those words of consecration, I don't say, this is Jesus' body. Um, but I say this is my body because it's not my voice. It's not. Uh, it's not. Yeah, my my personhood, my voice saying those words. It's actually Jesus speaking through me, and that's why uh, the priest says this is my body. Um, we speak um, in the person of Christ. And then I think finally, you know, why does Christ give us His own body and blood in the Eucharist? I mean, it's a. It's an amazing miracle. It's a. Um, it's a. It's, again, it's the. It's the. Uh, maybe the most important of all the sacraments. But I think Jesus gives us the Eucharist uh, for three main reasons, and um, those would be kind of the the folk, the the themes of my of my next talks. But the first one would be, um, you know, the Eucharist is offered. As a sacrifice, it's a sacrifice commemorating um, his 
his death on the cross. And that's something when Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me, had to be um, perpetuated throughout all of time. That when we, uh, when we are, um, or when the Mass is being offered, you know, that sacrifice of Jesus is being represented again for, for our salvation, that, that we benefit from all those Masses. Uh, we, we are the ones that receive, um, you know, not only Christ's body and blood into our bodies and souls, but we also receive um, the, the, the pouring out of Christ's blood for the forgiveness of our sins. And then secondly, um, receiving Holy Communion. You know, Jesus said that, um, you know, I have, um, that I want, um, well, uh, we, we have, we have uh, in receiving Holy Communion, uh, we, we have that so that we can be one with Christ, uh, so that we can be with him in our reception of him. And so it's not just something that, that happens on the altar, as great of a miracle as it is. And, and I mean, we know we don't have to receive Holy Communion every time uh, we come to Mass. It's good to. Um, we, we, if we can, uh, we, we, we should um, be daily communicants. But um, it's, that, it's that receiving of Jesus into our body and soul that we are, we are at most one with him. And that's that union that Jesus desires to have with us. And then lastly, um, adoration and the real presence of Christ. That, um, that Jesus always remains with us in our tabernacles um, so that we can um, make visits to him. We can adore him. We can um, grow in, in holiness by just being around him. And you know how um, when you're around somebody who um, just makes you a better person, you know, they're, they're encouraging, uh, they're positive, um, you know, and whether it's, a, whether it's a spouse or a good friend, uh, just by your very presence around them, you feel better. You know that, I, that I'm going to be a better person because of my relationship with, with them. And I think even more so with Christ. The more that we are in his presence, um, in, in church, you know, near the tabernacle, the more that we're going to be like Christ. And of course, it can't replace, I know, it can't replace uh, the physical reception of Jesus um, in the Eucharist. But I think our, our um, you know, the time spent... Um, with Jesus and adoration is never wasted. It's always a good thing because in our prayer time, maybe we don't feel any different, but Christ is still acting in us. He is still um, working in, in our souls. And so, um, and so those are the three things I think of, of why Jesus gives us the Eucharist. Uh, because of the need to perpetuate uh, the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross so that we can receive him in Holy Communion to be one with him, and then also so that we can uh, adore him um, in his real presence uh, in the Eucharist. And may God bless you all.